Hi everyone, welcome to the Dua Bulle podcast. I'm Bryce Green. And I'm Eliza Harvey. And this podcast, Eliza, we're back for number three and we thought we'd take a look at something that's close to a lot of people's hearts and that's food here in Indonesia. I reckon this is one of my favourite parts of living in Jakarta, the food. Despite the fact that I have been so sick, it's just ridiculous. Um, you know, and, and I probably can't just blame food on that one. But I've tried to be adventurous. We've gone to street food stalls. And I just love the way that Indonesians celebrate food. Yeah. So what we thought we'd do is we've come down to Rumah Makan Surya here in Ben Hill in central Jakarta. And we're going to catch up with uh, someone who knows a lot about Indonesian food, who's travelled from uh, Aceh all the way to Papua, and that's Are Parikasit. And he's going to take us through uh, not only the history of Indonesian food, uh, but also um, some of the cultural aspects to it as well. So, Eliza, I hope, uh, hope you've got an empty stomach. I cannot wait. Okay, so now we are in uh, Rumah Makan Padang Surya in um, Ben Hill. Padang or Minangkabau. So this is the two terms that usually replace each other. So Minang is a tribes, it's basically a tribes, Minangkabau tribes, from uh, inland West Sumatra. And from that area, they got specific food, like the one that we're going to eat now. Uh, this is mostly curries based, but they also have uh, grilled stuff, fried stuff, and a lot of balado, a lot of chilies. They got red chili, and they got lado mudo. Mudo means uh, young or green chili. So they got red chili like this and uh, lado mudo like that. Okay, so can you uh, explain to us what's on yeah. the table in front of us? Yeah. What have we got? So the uh, very famous one that voted by Indonesian in CNN, mm-hmm. <laughs> voted by Indonesian is the, uh, the rendang. Rendang, if uh, people say rendang, uh, usually and suddenly people thinking about beef. But actually rendang is a process, it's a marandang. It's a slow cooking over a very uh, small fire over a long period of time, but the actual ingredients can be anything. Beef is one of the uh, main, but in Minang you can have rendang ayam, you can have rendang talua, egg rendang, you can have vegetarian rendang like the uh, cassava, ubi, uh, we call it daka-daka there, rendang daka-daka, all types of uh, ingredients, including seafood, you get rendang laukan in the coastal area, the real rendang, they have to be like black. If you go to Malaysia or Singapore, you will find rendang that actually reddish or orange in color. That's the, we call it in Minang is kalio. It's only half rendang. Okay. So you have to burn it further, yep. caramelize it further to make it into rendang. So this is what it should look this like. This is uh, or even darker than this. Even darker. So yeah. how long are you on on average? Are you actually four, cooking five, rendang? Yeah, four five hours. But over, over a very low heat, right? Low heat because we use uh, not uh, gas. Yeah. Because they use uh, wood fire there. Wood fire to cook rendang. Okay, now we've yeah. just got another plate coming down on yes. the table. Can you tell us about that one? Okay, uh, this is sate padang. Of course, sate is uh, very Indonesian. We got maybe 50, 60 different types of sate in all Indonesia. Mm-hmm. You 50 ask, or 60? 50, yeah. 60 or more. Right, more. I mean, that's the... That's about the estimation for me, for me, but I think that's about, that's about the correct number of the uh, types of satay in Indonesia. Because in Australia, you know, chicken satay... You've got three kinds of satay. <laughs> chicken, pork and beef satay. Yeah, but it's all the same sauce. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's peanut sauce, right? In, uh, in Indonesia, the most popular one is the uh, peanut-based 
yeah. peanut gravy based satay. That's a uh, very familiar in, in Jakarta usually or even in Java. Mostly sold by a Maduri seller, satay Madura from mm-hmm. uh, island of Madura off of uh, Surabaya in East Java. But we got different types of satay in Indonesia, not only uh, peanut gravy base, but we got ketchup manis base, the sweet soy sauce base, and uh, the Minang style, they don't even put uh, peanut or ketchup manis. They, put, they made a special gravy made from a rice flour. This is a rice flour base. Mm-hmm. This is a crest flower base, and of course, from the color you can see it's uh, very yellowish. It's turmeric, freshly powdered. Um, like almost, it looks like a little bit of a gluey sauce. Yes, that's that's uh, because of the rice flour. If you cook over a uh, heat, they will come a, a little bit gluey. Mm-hmm. So this is the, uh, the the base of satay in Minangkabau. Okay, okay, okay let's move on. <laughs> Maybe well, a, a vegetable dish. Before we before we start to dig in, let's. Yeah. What are the other kind of the other main one is like the gulais. The gulais, G U L I, G U L A I, gulai, gulai. Gulai, gulai, gulai. Gula, like gula, the sugar yeah. with e, with e, with i, e, i. So gulai is all types of food that cook with coconut milk and spices. So gulai is a maybe the terms can be translated into curries. Right. Curries, but so sauces. Yeah, curry yeah. is sauces, right? But this is much more thinner than uh, sauce. I mean, in terms of European sauces or even uh, different kind of sauce, this is like a thinner type of sauce mm. made with fresh herbs, fresh rhizoma. And then the types of gulai is very different, depends on the ingredients. You can see the color for chicken and for beef, for fish, it's all, all different. Mm. So this is red. This is uh, kikil. Kikil is the, uh, the the food part of a cow. I mean, like uh, yeah. yeah, the oh, cartilage. Yeah, yeah. the cartilage. cartilage. They uh, they put for the beef and the cartilage and the offals. They put it a little bit spicy, like this one. This is a little bit reddish. For chicken, it's uh, in the yellow side, and then for the for the fish, it's more yellow, like that one behind the. Below the yep. eggplant is yep. yellow, so that's the gulai. Okay. Uh, now, now you mentioned uh, the eggplant. Yeah. I, I always think in Indonesian food the vegetables are sort of the optional extra. Uh, What's really prized depends is depends where it depends uh, depends on the area. I mean, that's but me. for Minang, <laughs> but for Minang that is the case. Minang love to eat meat. They love their protein. So for this kind of food, uh, yes, vegetable is just. Side dishes here, but is the eggplant one of the more popular dishes there yes. with um, with chabe with, uh, with yes. chili? Some of the vegetable they made it into balado. So, so we finished with gulai. So gulai is a curries, yeah. and uh, uh, the most popular one is the cooked balado style. So this is balado, balado egg, balado ati ampla. That's balado chicken, and that's balado eggplant. So means balado ba lado lado is chili. Ba is like wheat, mm. balado, so you cook it with chili, balado. Balado can be uh, red like this, or lado mudo, uh, green. But uh, the popular one is the red one. So like rendang, you can cook everything in balado style. Even broader, because you can you can put a softer vegetable like pate, like, uh, you know pate, right? Mm. The stinky yeah. beans. Yeah, I actually like pate. Yeah, and yeah. jengkol, you know jengkol. jengkol yeah, yeah, that's the cousin of pate. And then veggie like uh, eggplant, 
both the the big purple one or the baby green one. Mm-hmm. All types of uh, protein and then vegetable can be made into balado. Even because of pogula and rendang, you cook it long enough. So if uh, vegetable get mushy, right? Mm. But balado is like just stir fry. So mm. any vegetable, any protein, you can. Udang is the one of the the famous balado. So, so when mm. I'm looking at this table and there is nothing here that what you know Australians stereotypically would think of. Indonesian food, maybe like nasi goreng, just rend- rendang. Yeah. Is yeah. Foods, foods like, um, or maybe satay too, but foods yeah. like nasi goreng or, yeah. or mie goreng, the, are, uh, are they just stereotypes? Like do Indonesian people, would they choose to eat that or is it a much more sophisticated palate? Yeah, actually the, the problem with uh, Indonesian restaurant abroad is that they uh, put like, we call it a national food, national food of Indonesia. That's evolved around uh, several items that very popular nationwide. But when you actually hit the ground and go to the restaurant, I'm not saying I, I want it. I'm just making that point no. that it's that it's much more diverse. <laughs> you do yeah. <laughs> and even in Minang cuisine, uh, it's like ten kabupaten in West Sumatra. The the food is not like you go to different kabupatens get different. You go to different villages is different already. Yeah, mm. so it's all regionally it's very, very regional. sophisticated. Yeah. Very regional. I can say that the food diversity of Indonesia is the biggest in the world. That uh, this is not a study, but I can I can challenge people to prove it otherwise because in Indonesia from Aceh to Papua, the diversity is not as big as country. It's as big as continent in Europe. If you see the food in Finland and food in Spain, the span is even still. You can see still the the the, the co- uh, correlation, right? Yeah. But if you have a breakfast in Aceh, and then you have lunch in uh, Surabaya, and then you have dinner in Papua, you will think you are in three different countries because yeah. it's completely completely different. Like the taste, the ingredients. The custom. I mean, that's the diversity yeah. of uh, food in Indonesia. Is yes, yes. Sorry. So, I, I, I'm starting to get really antsy with all this food in front of us. So, shall we yes. dig in? This is mirabus. Basically, it's a noodle oh, soup. That looks amazing. Yeah. And uh, in Minang, they put uh, fried beef as a protein. So this is like noodles. Noodle soup. And, and what's, what's the brown one? Uh, that's the fried beef. Oh, no. The fried beef, the dendeng. And then there's an so egg, fried egg on the fried side. Egg. The soup, usually the noodle soup, is uh, clear, right? But this in in uh, Minangkabau, they put uh, coconut milk. And so what do you do with the egg? Do you just break it up into just it? Break or? it up. And usually I eat all the crispies first and then dig in uh, um, the yolk. I'm going to let you do the honors. I know. All right. <laughs> Hmm? Oh, that's uh, that's the uh, apa aja nih ya? Oh, that's the of the ovo, the oh, ovo, yeah. the uh, what you call it? There it is. The uh, gizzard. Mm-hmm. The gizzard, gizzard. Oh, gizzard. Gizzard, gizzard. All right. Gizzard, yeah. And then the. Uh, you know what? I'm not doing gizzards right now. Okay. Do you? Sorry. Are you doing a uh, neck? Nasi goreng. Nasi <laughs> goreng. <laughs> Well, you have, you have to take snap on this and then send me to it. I don't know if I'm doing reasons. You want me to take a photo of this one? With the street food, I mean, my husband loves street food and I eat street food. Uh-huh. My only concern is how long 
the meat has been like what's 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 the time difference between when it's been cooked and how long it's sitting there? Like, is there any concern about you know catching? Getting crook basically because you know, if there's an illness going, yeah. it will find me. Let's now basically, this is the uh, sickly child here. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is the uh, the challenge for, for us in Indonesia to uh, actually taught the uh, vendor to have a better hygiene. Yeah. In terms of preparation and uh, storage, right? But in most street food, uh, especially with the one that sell fast. You see yeah. the meat, the fish, uh, all the uh, ingredients sit on the for a while. So you just go so, to the most popular street food, yeah. dude, yes. and then you're okay. Yeah. Mm. Gado gado is really nice. Well, like gado gado is mostly veggie, right? So you the <coughs> yeah. But, you know. mm. So Ari, <coughs> uh, from 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 your Twitter bio, I worked out that you. Um, you, you haven't always food hasn't always been your business, but you made it your business. Yes, I made it my business. I was uh, so. What were you doing before? before I was you... a development worker for mm-hmm. twelve years. I work in the USAID and World Bank and UNDP. I work in East Timor before. Uh, during the that time, mm-hmm. before and after oh, cool. the independence, mm-hmm. for twelve years. So usually the these development guys, we after working and everything, we of course having a. Uh, favorite pastime. One of my favorite pastime is to have uh, exotic food. I mean, to explore food and travel in general, right? So your job exposed you to a huge variety yes. of Indonesian food, Indonesian and regional food. Yeah. So that's become a hobby. So at that time we have a kind of community, including Zukril, Zayat, Malutang Zukril, and everything. Uh, basically, it's a food group, a foodie group. Mm-hmm. Jalan Sutra and everything. We share food. We uh, coordinate or organize food trips together and everything. Companies, one company, two companies asked me to, can you arrange a food trip to Taiwan or to Vietnam or something? And then I do it one and two and three. Then after a while, I decided to who basically retired from the development business. Mm-hmm. I opened my own uh, company. Mm-hmm. I call it Klana Rasa. It's uh, everything about the food, actually. It's helping a restaurant to develop the menu. Helping brands like uh, Ketchup Manis or Migoreng or any food-related brands to develop their program, to, to develop their products. The Indonesian food, the main problem is not international promotion. It's for Indonesian to re-love the Indonesian food. You can, you can ask uh, youngsters now, you can ask them, can you uh, mention or can you tell me 10 kinds of pasta? They will ten, tell you right away. Fusilli, penne, farfalle, they, they have it outside their head. I mean, for Indonesian food, they are well exposed, Korean, ramen, those kind of food, they are yeah. very fluent. And if you ask them about mie kocok or mie kocok in Cirebon, you will never know what is mie kocok in Cirebon. They have no idea about that. So that is, from my point of view, this is much more important than international promotion. But this is one, one of the things you do is run food tours yes. around Indonesia. Yeah. And, and so this feeds into that educating. Yes. Yes. So the people that go on your food tours, because I've seen them advertised online yeah. in all parts of Indonesia, yeah. um, 
uh, who are the people going on those food Sorry? tours? Who are the people that are going everybody. on those? Everybody. You can see Indonesians. everybody. Indonesian, yep. some expat. Yep. You got some uh, selected expat go to the tours. So like, what happens on a food tour? What happens on the food tour, of course, is uh, like uh, one of them is uh, to try food. The highlights, actually, is eating with locals. So you just crash and crash. We ordered it before. Mm-hmm. Just crash to somebody's living room and they prepare oh. the food wow. that they cook for special occasion, like for Baralek. Baralek is Minang. It's like party, like mm-hmm. uh, are you married or uh, special occasions. Mm-hmm. The one that you cannot have in the restaurant like this. Usually we have two or three sessions of eating with locals. Mm-hmm. That's also to connect uh, participants with locals itself. Yeah. So usually in Minang, if you go to someone's uh, village and they know about this, everybody will gather to, to uh, welcome you, and to sit with you, eat with you, and chat. I mean, this is the, the connection that we try to open. I mean, uh, for Jakartans to uh, chat with people from a village up in the hill in Sumatra about food, about life, about this is uh, eating with locals. Food is central, food right? Food is like the, uh, the pintu, like the doors yeah. to so, open the conversation. I'm curious, is, you know how you were saying that young people here don't have the knowledge? Mm, not all is it more, <laughs> is it more of an issue in, say, Jakarta, like you know, where maybe there's sort of more access yes. to Western food yeah. than, say, young people in a village who would, yes, where food's at the core of it. Several factors. One is the availability of the food itself. For some areas, it's easier to get hot dog and burgers than proper nasi padang. Hmm. Maybe in some, I know some parts of Jakarta is like that. I mean, it's easier for you to access ramen and Japanese traders tempura yeah. and say sate padang. Yeah. It happens in a, a lot of areas in, in urban, in Jakarta. And is, it, is, and the, is it the women's domain still cooking? Or do uh, men cook? No, it's shifting, especially in, in big cities like Jakarta. But as uh, you see in the professional world, of course, the, all the cooks are mostly men, right? In the professional yeah. world. And we have a food that mainly cooked by men in Indonesia, like all the soto. Involve beef or or uh, beef or goat or mutton. The big uh, animals is usually men. I mean, if it's soto daging, see the name is soto haji amat. Mm. But if it's chicken, something like that can be women can be. This is this is one of the nomenclature. It's also very interesting to to see why uh, like gado gado. Most the the paling terkenal ibu ibu banyak kan ya. Because it's easier to make, you don't have to butcher a cow or something like that. You just pound a chili and then. So for the gado gado, just quietly, is really nice. Have you had any? Yeah. If you say it's a cooking domain of women here in Indonesia, you can say uh, depends on the area, and it's now shifting. Maybe still the the bigger the bigger uh, the bigger portion is still women, but men is catching up. I mean, like now. Papa Papa Muda, the young, the young dads now can cook in Jakarta. Mostly they can cook, even better than the wife, including me. <laughs> <Ooh>. Controversial. <laughs> so um, I'm actually interested, Bryce. I'm going to ask you a question first before I. Do you? What do you have for breakfast here? 
Jewish um, Indonesian Makanan Indonesia? Not, not as much. I think here I find myself more having like I would have never had nasi goreng or noodles or anything like that for breakfast in Australia. Um, so I, I do have more of that kind of stuff here, but also I would say equally, mm-hmm. equally my breakfast uh, at home would be a coffee and a piece of toast. And what what do you have for breakfast? You know what the the most breakfast item item consumed by Indonesian the same with you consume. You just tell me now. I mean coffee and toast, toast and something. Yeah, it, hot tea or coffee, mm-hmm. because uh, for us toast is, is is part of our Dutch influence. Yep. And a long time ago, we we uh, have roti tawar, the plain white bread, square bread, uh, sliced bread. This is the uh, item that is standby in most uh, Indonesian households, usually in the urban cities, including my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's whole wheat bread in this case. In my house, is whole wheat bread. We have several types of jams and spread, no Vegemite. So yeah, no Vegemite. I'm not uh, a huge Vegemite. <laughs> Oh, you know why? It's salty. That's why. It's a, it's a lumut. <laughs> but you've got to know how to apply it. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. Nasi goreng is very interesting. Nasi goreng is uh, conceived as breakfast item here in Indonesia, right? But during breakfast time, you cannot buy it outside. You cannot buy it outside. No. Almost. Why is that? Because it's uh, rice from leftover. I mean, leftover rice from yesterday. Yeah. Mm. You just have rice in the, your rice cooker, you just fry it. This is very homely breakfast dish. It's not street food breakfast dish, yeah. except in a hotel. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. nasi goreng is very uh, interesting because it's breakfast item, but as a street food, as a food outside that you can buy, this is the item that actually available at night mostly, right? Mm-hmm. So at night, you can just go to any intersection, you will find nasi goreng seller. But in the morning, you have to go to hotel or at home. Make it from leftover. You have leftover ayam goreng, like one piece of ayam goreng, you shred it. You have one egg. Just leftover from yesterday. So the, uh, or even with the protein, <laughs> just some crushed chili or egg. So the other big thing I've noticed here in Indonesia is um, gula, sweet yeah. food. Not sweet food or sweet drink? It's both. But there's a lot of it, you mean? Yeah, like yeah. there's just the volume of sweet stuff is huge. And like the desserts yeah. are, like, you know, they're kind of in the family of, you know, really sweet yeah. it's, uh, um, actually <clears throat> food. It's very typical in uh, Southeast Asia that... Uh, uh, it's, it's probably fair to say more sweet drinks than sweet food. Yeah. But then the desserts are extremely sweet. Yeah. Dessert... And drinks like teh manis, the sweet tea, the hot tea, the sweetness level is usually in Java, in the parts of uh, Sumatra, is just over the limit. I mean, I can see, I will I will send you some pics from Aceh. This is coffee, because the sweet condensed milk is like half here. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, that's the uh, one of the characteristic of Indonesia. They love to drink uh, sweet things. So when did this come about? Like when, as a child, do you think that you drank as much sweet things as kids do now? No, no, not that. Uh, because now is uh, they also consume uh, branded products like packaged juice, packaged iced tea, 
you don't have that as a kid. So, I mean, you have iced tea, you have to make it yourself. You want fruit juice, you have to crush it yourself. Right? Now they just buy fruit juices, perceive as a healthy juice, but actually the amount of sugar in that packaged yeah. juice is just high. I mean, iced tea, packaged iced tea, the sugar is maybe as high as Coke, right? Mm. That's consumed daily, in daily basis. I mean, to be fair, this is a huge issue in Australia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, everywhere, and in, in the US too, right? Yeah. But here, the natural sugar also big. I mean, uh, in some dessert, in some drinks, like hot tea, we still put a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you were to sum up the role that food played in Indonesia, yeah. how, would, how would you describe it? It's a very symbolistic here, I mean, for food, uh, for ceremonies, or it represents a lot of uh, different pace of life. You get married, even burial, you have a different type of food that actually have local wisdom behind it, big philosophy behind it. Let's say in Minang, it's about a bayam. Oh, like a beef. When they having a wedding, a marriage a party, they have to have a lot of beef as a symbol of, or oh, this is, uh, we can, the symbol of uh, wealth of the family. Mm. It's their pride. Yeah. If you have sporadic beef, I mean, the beef is not that much, people will talk about your wedding <laughs> party. Oh, oh. wedding, daging, yeah. gitu aja. So, so you this weren't, is you weren't a good host. This is you the way that you show host. your generosity. So you don't have to fight for the beef, right? Because it's plenty. Because the, the supply is plenty. If the beef is scattered, or you just put one piece or two pieces, right? That you can see, oh, it's everywhere you get. You just eat with gusto. So that's part of the generosity and pride of the family. This is something, the symbolistic, that maybe it's not happening in the Western world. This is part of uh, Indonesian philosophy of food. Also with tumpeng. You know the yeah. cone rice? Yeah, the cone rice. Long time ago, it's uh, symbolistic of everything. I mean, the cone, symbolistic of the mountain or something like God. And then as a people, you have to have a relationship with other people and also with God. So it's like triangle, right? For people with people and people with God. It's uh, all the symbolistic right there. We try to re-explain it to the people that uh, behind your food, there's a story behind it, there's a ingredients, there's a, a methods of cooking. That's uh, Basically, the methods of cooking that's very Indonesian is the cook over a long time like this one. This is the very Indonesian methods plus grilling. There's those two are very Indonesian. The recent one is stir rice. The rice is very Chinese, right? Mm-hmm. This is the food that we adopt uh, later. And then imagine if we don't have uh, traders from the New World. I mean, Portuguese, if they don't bring chili, we still have uh, ginger and black pepper. That's those two hitting the hits that we uh, get from those two a long time ago, before the chili arrived. So now you cannot Indonesian food without chili, right? So the, the, the food tells the story of the history of yes. Indonesia? Even like this one. Uh, the noodles that we ate, mm. of course, noodles is Chinese. But here we have very Indonesian food made from noodles. Like mi ace, mi goreng, like this one. There's no trace of Chinese uh, taste in it. 
I mean, only the ingredients in noodle. But if you try this, you cannot find something like that in China. The noodle is curry like in Aceh, or noodle in Java with ketchup mayonnaise and everything. This is because of the crossroad of Indonesia, the, 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 the location. We absorb some uh, foreign influence, like from Dutch, Portuguese, China, India, Arab. Those through the five big uh, influence in Indonesian food. With like Minang food is a very big influence from southern part of India. In southern part of India, India you can see curries, somehow similar with Minang curries, but the spice is a little bit different. But they cook it with coconut milk. Unlike the Punjabis in North India, they cook it with yogurt with uh, cream, right? But in uh, Tamil Nadu, they like they have a direct route from uh, South India to West part of Sumatra at that time. It's their direct route of trade and the uh, spread of Islam at that time. So they uh, connect a lot, also with Aceh. So for Indians, Southern Indians to eat in Aceh or Sumatra, West Sumatra, they will feel at home, vice versa. But when they go to Jakarta or to Jawa, oh, it's very different. It's a bit, a bit sweeter and the amount of chili and they add the, the sugar, palm sugar or ketchup manis. But the hottest food in Indonesia, you can, can you guess where is it? Hottest food. The hottest food. Uh, it's in uh, Sulawesi. Sulawesi. In uh, oh. Manado. They grew the pot, the, the spiciest chili in Indonesia. Manado, North Sulawesi. Even in some coastal area like uh, Bali, Lombok. You know the meaning of Lombok? You know the, the island, right? Hmm. Yeah. Lombok means chili. Really? In a Japanese, Balinese language. So it's chili island. That's one of the hottest. Oh, you want something? Uh, yeah. Well, thank, I think that, that's been totally fascinating. And I think in future, Bryce, that we have to do all do a bulle interviews um, at lunchtime. At lunchtime. Now, you've got a fair bit of food left here. You need to finish, Eliza. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much thank for making you. time for us. Makan lagi.